Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. Alright, welcome to a belated edition of Drunk Saints History. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. Listen, we do a thing here where we started it last year. We told people that if you donated $25 for the entire football season, which was four months, you would get in a raffle, and then we would do Drunk History with you. Uh, or if you just want to donate for eight months at $25, you don't even have to be in the raffle. You just go. And the problem was getting it logistically set up with all the wonderful patrons that committed to it and, and finding days that work for them has, be- has become more challenging than we imagined. But this is the first one, and it's Jim Grimsley. He's a super fan, and we're going to talk about some stuff. But Jim, what possessed you to say, I want to be on Drunk History. I- I- I'm, I'm going to donate $25 a month, which we love. But what possessed you to be like, yeah, I want to I wanna be on Drunk History with Ralph? Well, I think, Ralph, it was the fact that you begged so much for more money, and I figured if I gave you some money, you would quit begging. That, that ultimately became the it's real true. reason. It's true. Yeah. For anybody, well, before we get to what you're drinking, I will say, besides having just a – we do the podcast for fun and listen. Me and Andrew, we would do it, and, and Dave we, and Kevin some, most some of the time when he's on it. We would do it for free. But my thing is – my wife is a wedding planner, and she is fantastic at it. She does a great job. But we've had a child, and she has to take some of the crummiest, hardest weddings to do. And I was like, you know what? I want to get my podcast to a reasonable amount of money so I can just give it to you, and you don't have to do these crummy, hard weddings all the time, and it'll make your life easier, and when your life is easier, my life is easier. So people, that is my goal for this podcast. I just need to raise enough money so my wife can do one less difficult wedding a month and make my life easier. So that's it. But Jim, I am drinking... Bud Light tonight. I have gone cheap and easy tonight, and they're going down smooth as I was watching the Bucks and Celtics uh, and getting ready for this podcast. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking uh, 2010 Pine Ridge Cabernet. Oh my God, good, it's classy. Good, good red wine. And, and Jim, he gave me a fantastic idea. Jim, tell the people your idea to help the podcast get more patrons. Uh, that you pitched to me before we uh, started recording. Well, I, I think the idea of a koozie is a great idea. I love it. I'm waiting for mine to come in the mail. But it ships I this week, by the way. Prob- 
I also said you probably have some patrons who drink wine, and you probably and a Saints Happy Hour wine glass would be a great addition to the portfolio. Well, I'm going to tell you this about Andrew. Andrew, not only does Andrew hate IPAs, but I'm going to give people a little inside information. Andrew's wife is like a high-powered world-traveling executive, and she goes all over the world to train people and do stuff like far places like Pakistan and all over the world, right? And Andrew gets left with his his kids, and he will text me on like a Friday or Saturday night. He's like, the kids are in bed, and I'm drinking wine. So that's 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 Andrew. But so our first topic that me and Jim are going to do, we're going to do two shows. You'll you'll hear Jim on this one, and then we'll do, we'll have a second with you. But the first one we're going to do, and this got me so excited. I said, Jim, you know, he he was like, what topic should I do? What should we talk about? And I was like, look, here's the topics we're going to do. Let's pick a Saints player that they drafted that we thought was going to be amazing. And they ended up being a complete bust. So, Jim, tell the people the player that you picked because it got me so excited and nerded out on draft history. Tell the people the name and what era of Saints football he's from. Well, you know, before you can even get into the name of the person I ultimately picked, because it was hard to pick one. Because when I went back to to pick one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I went back to the Saints draft choices and I came across, you know, the obviously the Russell Erksleben in 79, Joe Campbell, you know, the ultimate defensive end in 77, Larry Burton, who was going to be the greatest wide receiver in NFL history in 75. <laughs> but I tell you what, when, when I got to 1974 and I got to Rick Middleton, he was a linebacker for Ohio State. I my head just exploded because I remember when the Saints picked him, and they could have picked Randy Gratishar, who was a, a perennial <laughs> Pro Bowler, borderline and, borderline Hall of Famer. Yeah, he. I mean, I think actually, I think he made the Hall of Fame, and he is just an unbelievable linebacker, and he was an All American for like two or three years. Middleton hardly made Big Ten, and the Saints drafted him. It was unbelievable. You know, it was classic New Orleans well, Saints drafting. Well, here's the thing, though. Th- this makes it even better that that you, the, a detail that you left out and and, went, and this and I love this because my first column I ever did for Channel Four, I did the top ten biggest bust in Saints history and Mike Dettelier was kind enough to sit with me when I was God, it must be seven, six, 15, 16 years ago now where you know I was early 20s and I was a nobody and he sat with me and explained to me all the draft failures of the Saints in the 70s and he had Rick Middleton I think is like one of his all time worst Saints draft busts and here's the reason man, you say that Randy Gratisher was a, a borderline Hall of Famer with Denver and a two-time All-American at Ohio State. And Rick Middleton played next to him. And the Saints whiffed on that pick, right? But teams do that all the time, right? Clemson is good. Like, Clemson, they had like three, four defensive linemen picked this year. Like, one of them is going to be a complete dud, right? And and, and we're going to make jokes for the rest of the time. Be like, you had the pick of the four 
good defensive linemen for Clemson. Three of them ended up being really good. You picked the dud. How terrible could you be? But the funny thing about the Rick Middleton pick for the Saints, Jim, was the Saints picked Rick Middleton at 13, and the very next pick, Denver was like, ah, you you completely messed up, Saints. We're taking we're taking Randy Gratishire. Like they went back to back, and yeah, just it it just encapsulates everything that was wrong with the Saints in the seventies. As I take a, a swig well, of my Bud and, Light, and I have to tell you, the thing that still sticks with me, and this tells you what a diehard Saints fan I am, and and maybe how uh, how I've been impacted by it. I still remember the Saints coaches saying, yeah, the only thing about Rick Middleton is he needs to gain upper body strength. And it's like, <laughs> wait a second. You just picked, you picked him like 13. 11th in the first round, and he needs upper body strength. And he was horrible. I don't know if he made a tackle the whole time he was with the Saints. He just got I completely mean- run over. I mean, his Wikipedia, I'm going to read his entire Wikipedia, is a Rick Ray Middleton is a former American football player who played linebacker in the National Football League from 1974 through 78. He attended Rutherford B. High School in Delaware, Ohio, and played college football at The Ohio State University. He is now a high school history, psychological government teacher at Olentangy High. That's it. That's his entire... <laughs> Higher <laughs> Wikipedia page, man. He got picked 13th in the first round. The Saints traded him. He played at San Diego. Like, um, my God, my God. Did you, you know? Did you say earlier he had? I didn't realize he had drug issues. I knew there was. Well, that was the the, the, the Saints. They shipped a lot of people out in 75, 76. You know, he wasn't attached to it, but they kind of had to clear out their locker room, and they had to do it later with Muncie, obviously, and Muncie admitted to oh, the yeah. to the issues he had. But I, I will tell you, man, you you look at the at the uh, at the seventy at the uh, you know, and this and the thing is, the Saints. They uh they traded back from eight to thirteen, you know. Uh, they flipped with D- D- Detroit, I guess, in that draft. But I'm gonna tell you, look at some of the players that the Saints could have had. Uh, Henry Lawrence ended up being a really good defensive tackle. Uh, Roger Carr for Baltimore ended up being really good. Uh, this is a guy. Uh, Keith Fanhorse, he's a he was a tight end for San Francisco, but the, the the seventy that draft wasn't that great. I mean, except the Steelers got here's forty five, forty six. Dave Casper, Jack Lambert, you know, I mean, like the Saints were yeah. just so look like in the seventies. Here's a story that Buddy D used to always tell, and I loved it every time he told it. And I think it's in the I think it's in the uh, in the Who Dat History book or uh, with of Wayne Mack. Uh, of the Saints history up until it, the his Saints history goes from 67 to about 90-91. If you can get it on Amazon, I highly recommend it. It's probably that and Jeff Duncan's book, Tales from the Saints Sideline. They're probably the two best Saints history books. Who that history is more chronological and, and has better stuff. But here's the story. Tom Fears, uh, they had a draft board, and the Raiders picked – a guy, I want to say, I forget who it was, in like 1969, 70. 
And the Saints head scout, or, or Fred Williams, was like, he's not even on our board. Who the hell are they picking? <laughs> and the Saints coach Tom Fears turned to him and goes, if he ain't on our fucking board, maybe our fucking board is trash. <laughs> and they, they, got in, they almost got into a fight, right? And, and that just summed up the Saints. Like, in the 70s, they just, like, didn't know what they were doing and and like the rick middleton pick just like encapsulate i mean you could do so much of it in the 70s but the rick middleton pick really sort of encapsulates the incompetence of it well you know i when like i said when i went through the uh, list of draft choices from ken burroughs in 1970 to larry burton in 75 and then the killer was when i looked at the 1995 draft we were still trying to find a wide receiver we drafted Lindsey Scott, <laughs> Eugene Goodlow, and Kenny Duckett. You know, and it's just it's like we had we had twenty five years, and the only wide receiver we had that was any good during that time frame was actually Eric Martin, who ran like a four eight forty, but he was yeah. the only guy that could catch the ball. Yeah, I mean the the thing with the Saints that was just uh, in the seventies was just. You know, they just didn't – not only did they not know what they were doing, but the thing that always boggles my mind, and I always come back to it, and it just – in 2019, I can't even – the mind can't even comprehend it. I couldn't comprehend it in the 90s when I would read about Saints history. John Meekham, he bought the team with his dad's – Money, his dad's oil money in in 1967. He got the they got they gave him the expansion team. Yep. John Meekum was 26 years old. I mean, can you? I couldn't even pay rent barely when I was 26. <laughs> I can't imagine owning a football team. And you know, he wasn't like some fabulous up-and-coming entrepreneur that invented something great or had done something wild. His family had money. Like, for the NFL to just be like, yeah, give the 26-year-old kid the expansion team in New Orleans. Like, like I can't... Like, my head, it's... It, like, I, I just... I would have wanted to be in that meeting when they decide that that's a good idea. Well, yeah. And then, you know, it only <laughs> took Meekum 20 years, and he had to have been so frustrated and embarrassed with, because he, he, like you said, he was 26 years old and, you know, no telling who he was surrounding yeah. himself with from an advice standpoint and picking all the wrong people, right? I mean, they hired, you go they, they hired an astronaut. You go through our list. Yeah, you go through, you know, Gordon as the astronaut, as the GM, and then you look at the coaches there was nobody, you know, from J.D. North to Tom Fears to, you know, just that whole laundry list of people. There was nobody there that had a record of doing anything. Then they finally brought Stram in. And actually, I can remember thinking about Stram, that this was going to be the beginning. And, you yeah. know, obviously he and Meekum didn't get along. And I forget who the GM was with, with, uh, with Stram. Well, but Stram he, had he lasted, what, two years? Two and a, I mean, it problem wasn't very for, long. Stram had two problems. One, he was he he his drafts weren't very good, and that's back in the seventies. Like that's how you had to build your team. Like building a team, re, yeah. building a team, you did it through the draft. He had 
multiple problems. One, Meekum wasn't patient enough. Like in the, in the 70s, man, even the Steelers, like it took it took two, three, four years. Unless you unless you had like a 2017 Saints draft, it took two, three, four years to yep. get your team where you needed it to be because you didn't have free agency, man. The draft was it. And so Meekum didn't have patience. So that hurt Stram. Archie was hurt a ton of the time under Stram. So he didn't have Archie to be his quarterback. And two, he just, his drafts weren't good enough. And those three things conspired against him. Also, he burned through Meekum's money like crazy. Yeah. Um, um, which well, Meekum, of course... Classic guy that, he was the classic guy that had an unlimited budget and overspent it. I mean, he was... <laughs> he was. <laughs> but, I mean... <laughs> So, so Rick Middleton was was your choice, and he just he encapsulated everything bad in the seventies. But 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 you you picked him. But but did you you really thought when you were young, like you thought he was going to be something good when they when they? Uh, well, when when I when they picked him, you know, I had to do some research, and you know, back then it was hard to do research. But I expected them to pick Randy Gratishar because we always needed linebackers, and he was the obvious yeah. choice. And then when they picked Middleton. I, I was shocked, but I said, you know, unfortunately, I thought these guys must know what they were doing. <laughs> and obviously that wasn't the case. And that was that was the beginning or the continuing saga of the Saints not knowing what they were doing until until we got into the mid 80s, until we got Mora and Benson and, and a whole new crew in there to try and right the ship. Yeah. So my choice for. um Saints draft pick that uh, I loved that ended up being a dud uh, because I, I I didn't I didn't like when when I when it, when I did it and I wanted to say um, uh, you know not a bust right as as I as I as I as I as I drink on this Bud Light I didn't want to just pick a guy like Jonathan Sullivan. Uh, and be ah, oh, he was a bust, and this and that. Because I, you know, when they picked like Jonathan, I was like, ah, I hope it works out. But I didn't have this like, yes, that's a great pick. When the Saints picked Troy Davis in the third round in 1997, we had the Ditka euphoria because that was Ditka's first year, right? And he was going to come in and he was going to make the Saints tough, and he's going to run the ball. And yeah, he Schuler was probably going to be a disaster, but we talked ourselves into that being okay. But when he picked Troy Davis, I was like, yes! That dude at Iowa State was awesome. Iowa State was terrible. They gave him the ball 400 times a year. It didn't matter. He was he was great, and, and he's going to well, be he great. Gained, he, gained, he gained like 2,000 yards a year for two straight years. It just yeah. seemed like he had to be great. Yeah, like his his in ninety five for for Iowa State he had three hundred and forty five attempts. He ran for two thousand yards, averaged five point eight a carry. In ninety six he ran for twenty one hundred eighty five yards, averaged five point four, scored twenty one touchdowns, and so like he had a ton of carries, but he averaged five yards a carry, and it was a legit. You know, it wasn't like he was some from some tiny school. I mean, Iowa State, they're you know they're. They always struggle in football, but you know the big, te- the, the big, the big eight and the big ten and the big twelve. What it was back then. I mean, that was a legit conference, right? So I was excited for him, and it, with the Saints, he was so terrible. Like he was like, you know what so he's why like. Why was he terrible? Why was he terrible? 
He, you know what he's like? He was like Darren Sproles. If you took away all Darren Sproles' quickness and burst, that's what Troy Davis. That's what Troy Davis was. He was small, but he was also slow. And I don't know how he got all those yards in college, um, but man, when he played with the Saints, he was um, he was awful. Um, you know, well, I'm looking, uh, I'm looking at his stats with the saints <laughs> and in 97, he had 271 yards in 98, he had 143 and 99, he had 32 yards. <laughs> he did have one touchdown though. He did have one <laughs> touchdown. I mean, and they tried to make him the guy in 97 man he started seven games he got a you know he 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 had uh he had you know a a bunch of carries like they tried to make him the guy like it wasn't it wasn't like he never really got you know you can't say oh he didn't really get a chance they had other guys that just didn't work out he got hurt no 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 Ditka was like that's my guy Troy Davis is my guy and he was terrible um and I love, like, he was so funny. Look, because the thing is, like, small dudes at receiver or running back are just more fun, Jim, right? You know, we, we, because I don't know if, if, if we bond to them because, you know, they're normal-sized humans. So normal-sized humans <laughs> like me and you that root for, for our NFL team, we, we bond. They, they seem more relatable, so we bond with them in a different sort of way. But I don't know, like, undersized players, we root for them harder. And I just thought, man, Troy Davis was going to be the shit. And he just, he just was not. And that's the thing, man. That's the thing on Twitter, Jim, that bothers me. People do not admit their draft day flaw. All these people that these wannabe draft analysts and real draft analysts, they never admit their flaws and their miss- misses. I'm telling you, I thought Troy Davis was going to be amazing, and he was terrible. Well, he actually, maybe you should be a draft analyst for the Canadian <laughs> Football League, Ralph. Because he actually did really well in the Canadian Football League. How? I mean, what, he had his... like... He he had like four one thousand yard years wow. in in the Canadian Football League for what that's worth, but he did. So maybe he was just a late bloomer. Well, they only have three downs in Canada. <laughs> they only have three downs in Canada, and I'm not you know, I'm not going to make any political statements. But when you only have three downs, that's like practically socialism. Insane. You know, they can you can get a you can get a punt when you miss a field goal. You can get a point when you miss a field goal. Like that's just that's just weird. But no, I did I did not know I did not know that he went on to th- to thrive uh, in the north. Um, well, that's that's why I'm here, Ralph, is to help you out. Okay, <laughs> Kevin's not here, Dave's not here, so Andrew's not here, so I'm here to help you out. Thank you, Jim. So as we, as we, I, this is, this was, this was a great episode because I, the thing is to me, Jim, and, and, and I say this because I, I believe our Saints podcast is the most fun one, but I always like analysts and whoever, I find them more relatable if they can say, I got this wrong. I got that wrong. Oh, I was, you know, because we 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 know that these that these that the draft is this this 
random nonsense of it's 50-50 at best if you know what you're doing. So all these people that pretend that they don't make mistakes, it just drives me bananas. Well, yeah, maybe one time we ought to do a political podcast and then we can we can talk about some of that shit (laughs) i'm thinking you know people if you get us up to twelve hundred dollars a month patron pledges i'm gonna do a twitter friends podcast where i just find interesting people on twitter and we talk about the saints and it leads into different topics and i have a list of about 20 people uh, so we're halfway there. So donate. You don't have to donate at the $25 level, but just donate at the $3 level. Get yourself a koozie and help us get there. We'll do fun stuff. So uh, this this podcast, this episode of Drunk Saints History has been amazing, guys. I hoped, I hope you liked it. Jim, thanks for being such a generous patron. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time on Saints Drunk History. Take care, Thanks Ralph. to all of our it. Saints Happy Hour listeners yeah. whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints History is hard. That's why God made alcohol. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. 
Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows all states to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. All state fire and casualty insurance company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.